oh, I'm getting old. I'm getting old all of a sudden. Like my back just stopped working right as I pressed play. What's up, Fifi's? It's Ace. Fifi's, how do we feel about that? I thought about calling my listeners fakes. Can you imagine me getting on the podcast and being like, hey, fakes, happy Tuesday. Actually, now that I say it out loud, maybe I could. You guys let me know. Do you want to be called a fake or do you want to be called a Fifi? The word fake to me just seems a little bit negative. Like it just seems a little bit like it just... It just seems a little raunchy, crunchy, a little bit, a little like rockety, crotchety, a little like rude. So maybe I shouldn't call you fake or fakes. Um, so that's why I'm considering Fifi. Sassy, get away from my coffee. Don't you dare touch my coffee. Don't you dare touch my coffee. I was watching Love Island this morning around like 9 a.m., which is the last thing you should be doing at 9 a.m. because it rots your brain. <laughs> like that's a for sure if there's any show that rots your fucking brain other than the bachelor it's love fucking island but what i do this morning i decided to start a brand new um series i decided to start love island australia because i've already watched the majority of like the 500 episodes in the love island uk and i've watched all of the love island us and i've yeah i love love island but I have to watch it sparingly because I realize when I start to go into these like Love Island zones, that's also when I'm watching Love Island and scrolling on TikTok at the same time, which really makes no sense. But I think that the other former Love Island um, audience members will understand that that's just kind of how you consume the show. Like when you're in, when, like finally when you're on like episode 12 and you kind of understand a little bit more about like what's going on, who's dating who, who the new um, bombshells are that come in. That's when it gets, like it doesn't get boring, but it's just a really long show to have on in the background. So I was watching Love Island this morning and I realized like I'm not dating this year, but if I were to date this year, I think I'm like a lot more clear in what I will date and what I'll tolerate and what I won't date and what I won't tolerate. And the very first thing I will not tolerate is a blonde. Like I won't tolerate a blonde. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking before. If you don't, if your hair doesn't look like somewhat close to like the Dead Sea, like, you know, like that, like dark. If your hair, if there isn't some sort of darkness permeating off of you, I probably am not attracted to you. So on Love Island this morning, the majority of these motherfucking Australian hot, gorgeous men, they're blondes, except for like one. And then it got me thinking, okay, what else do I, what else do I want to manifest in my perfect person? But not even that, not even that. What can I not stand for? I won't tolerate dating another man that's not of therapy. Like it just got me thinking about what I'm interested in for myself. And like these girls on the TV, they're like, he must be this, he must be that, he must be over six foot, he must have neck tattoos, he must have good teeth. And I'm like, yes, queen. Wait a second, yes, queen. That's a woman that knows exactly what she wants. So this morning I pondered, okay, what do I want? What are a few things I want in a man? But I'm also bisexual as fuck or pansexual as fuck. I'm just like, I'm just not a one gender type of person, so. Um, and men, here's what I'm thinking. If I were to manifest my perfection, it would look like this. Not blonde, number one. Tall, dark, and handsome. We need tall. I need muscles. G give me a fucking neck tattoo. Give me all the tattoos. You must be in therapy. He must 
be in therapy, I need him to cook, and honestly, I need him to be masculine. Because, <laughs> because, because I'm not sure I've dated a lot of that. And um, I think I need that. I've dated that though. In women, my woman sector says, okay, what am I looking for if I were manifesting my perfect woman? Well, I've just like subconsciously decided that over the past few months, years, whatever, I cannot date a feminine girl. Like, I really want to try because I think that it's so fucking cute when girls look like their girlfriend <laughs> or when they, their life just seems a lot easier because they, they just like look like each other. Love that. But, but I'm the baby. I'm the baby. And that doesn't, that's not going to change. So, um, and women, I also need them to be masculine. I, I need them to drive because I'm passenger princess. I need them to be in therapy and I need them to not, this is actually across the board. Here's what I won't date. I won't date a blonde and I won't date a fire sign. You can't have a fire sun or a fire moon. Fuck no. Fire rising, I'll consider. I'll consider. That's fun. That means like you want like you like or the life of the party. But I have absolutely no fire in my chart personally. So I'm just down for a really grounded individual. But going back to that word masculine, again, and these are just my notes from this morning. Like I'm just, I just want to think about this like out loud, okay? Because I was on the toilet Googling this and I, and I was in shock. I was in shock. And I don't know why I was in shock because of course, when you think about the word masculine, you do think manly, you do think muscles, you do think self-sufficient. And I don't know when this was or where this was, but like in the past week, I heard someone um, reference or say that like to be masculine just basically means to take care of yourself. Like regardless of the gender, it just means like you have experience in taking care of yourself. I need someone to help me take care of myself. I am self-sufficient and I am masculine enough for me. I'm ma I, can I, I am masculine while I'm holding my pink coffee cup that says hot stuff. And I just put up new pink curtains yesterday. My Stanley though, black. My everyday outfits, black. So not that that has anything to do with anything, but masculinity and femininity is just so confusing. Like it's just so confusing because it's fucking gendered. As soon as I was sitting on the toilet, I, I Google like, okay, what like masculinity. Okay, hold on, hold on, let me bring it up. And I would go back to Psych Central as I typically do because as soon as I Google it, I'm not like in shock, but I am kind of in shock because the literal definition of masculinity is qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of men or boys. Why don't I think that in my head? Like I don't think of the word masculine equals man or boy or gender. I think I literally truly think about muscles. Like I just think about masculine equals plumber. No, 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 that's wrong, that's wrong. Doesn't mean that plumbers are masculine. That butt crack, no. You know what, actually though, that butt crack, that butt crack, they don't care. They don't care. That also is masculinity, like not giving a fuck, not letting any emotions or anything in. And of course, that is also toxic masculinity because we definitely know that, you know, boys, men across the board, especially the past forever, have never really shared their emotions. But I'd like to say that while I was on the toilet thinking about this, I was like, wait a second. I think that gay masculine women also kind of are similar and 
Growing up, not that I was masculine by any fucking means. Cheerleader, gymnastics, love limited to, Lizzie McGuire is everything to me. I didn't cry for years. That was definitely some sort of trauma response um, from abandonment from my father. My dad left when I was really young. But I didn't cry for a long time. (laughs) I didn't cry for a long time. Like in some ways I needed to bottle up my emotions and to keep myself really sturdy and stable and like take care of myself. The majority of like, I think not my childhood, but like maybe ages like 10 to like 18. And then all of a sudden, it's not that all of a sudden I realized by dating someone else, I can become feminine. But it's that like it's a part a good fucking healthy partnership is a trade-off. It's like a back and forth. It's like, okay, what you're not good at doing, I can do. I can pick up the slack. But yeah. So masculinity is literally gendered. That's rude. That's just rude. Like my literal brain, I don't know if this is just because the way that I was raised with Eddie Izzard in the house, like a man dressed as a woman all the time, but I don't I like cannot, my brain cannot put that together that masculine equals manly or equals man or equals any sort of like boy. Like I just don't see it as a gender. I see it as a strength. Okay. So on that note, I do think a lot of like masculine lesbians, it's not gendered because I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've only dated masculine lesbians and a lot of masculine lesbians I have dated, they haven't shown their emotions or have not been good at showing their emotions. Or if they were good at showing their emotions, it's some sort of breakdown or it's some sort of, I don't know how to communicate this, or it's some sort of bottled up fucking frustration spewing onto your face. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of, I think the word masculinity just in society is fucking toxic and we need to, we need to rearrange it. This has nothing to do with what today's episode is going to be about, but maybe it kind of does. Maybe it kind of does. I don't know. So anyways, I think that masculinity means taking care of yourself. And when I see all these masculine men up here on Love Fucking Island, all I can think about is, are you in therapy? Like you might be so sexy, but are you in therapy? Because if not, it doesn't matter. Same with the lesbian women. Anyways, another gay thing that I really love to do, (laughs) other than masculine lesbians, is that my boob is out on um, an album cover for the entire world to see. And no one knows that. My literal nipple, there's a literal worldwide nip slip that no one knows about. And my like, my literal itty bitty titty committee boob is pointing, is just out for the world to see. Are you ready for this? So it all started like 10 years ago, literally 10 years ago this year. And I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Before I got into the music business, I like, I always knew I wanted to be in music, but at the same time, I also have always loved psychology. So there was a side of me that wanted to go into psychology. Um, So it's like right before graduation time, um, 10 years ago, right before high school graduation. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck do I want to do with my life? And I'm pretty sure I had already enrolled my music school at that point, but I was trying to find out like, okay, what do I want to do in music? Like, do I want to do production, which is what I ended up doing the first semester? Do I want to do tour management? Do I want to do A&R? What do I want to do in the music industry? And this commercial comes on. I'm watching MTV. I still live at my parents' house and this commercial comes on and It's a commercial for a new documentary called No Cameras Allowed by this guy called James Marcus Haney. 
And in this commercial, you see him film Jay-Z, Beyonce, Mumford and Sons. Like he's taking his camera and he's going to these music festivals and he's showing you how he's getting these massive fucking gorgeous photos of these massive artists. I'm over here like 17. I have no idea this is even a thing at this point. Oh, I guess I was 18. I had no idea this, this was a thing, okay? So what do I do? I reach out to him. I watch this documentary finally and I reach out to him. I'm like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. How'd you get into it? Would love to know what, how can I do your job, basically? And something my mom taught me growing up is if you never ask, you'll never know. And so I have always, I am not afraid to ask. If like, I'm just not afraid to ask for anything. I think there's a fine line with asking for things because you need to deliver in response. But if you never ask, you'll never fucking know. So I was like, um, let's find his email. Found his email. Oh God, what do I do now? Email him. I'm like, hey, I need to get into this. How Help me. And also will you marry me? I'm not kidding. I literally asked this guy to marry me in like our second or third email. Yeah. And I was 18. And he was a, he was Jay-Z's photographer <laughs> at the time or something. I don't fucking know. Um, so like a year goes by, not even after that email, after I emailed this guy saying, we have to stay in contact. This is what I want to fucking do. This is so cool. I had no idea that you could go photograph music festivals for a living. Count me in. I had already been a photographer for like five years at that point. Barely, right? Barely. So later that year, I go to music school. Second semester of my freshman year in college, I transfer out to London, go to music school out there. And I have Marcus Haney on Facebook now because we're kind of friends. You know, I asked him to, I asked him to marry me. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he said yes in return. I need to find those emails. And once I do, um, I am making a new fake it Instagram account. It's been there for a minute, but I'm gonna, I wanna start uploading some of this stuff so you can see. So I'll go find that email. It's on my Yahoo account. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's my second semester of my freshman year and I see him on Facebook say, hey, I'm doing an open casting call for a album cover shoot in London. Submit your resume to da 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 and I'll get back to you. And I was like, oh my God, this is my chance. This is my chance. This is my chance to meet my husband. I might only be 18. I might have just moved to a foreign country, but I'm going to fucking do this. So actually, do you want to know some tea alongside this, which I wasn't going to say, but it's coming to me. This is right when I was starting to date my first girlfriend. And I, I don't know if I lied or like snuck behind her back or what, but she was kind of jealous. And I was, I really needed to go to this photo shoot. So I, I submit my stuff. Um, they, like I, an agent comes back and it's like, okay, yeah, you're good to go. You're a part of this album cover shoot. You're going to go meet Marcus Haney. And I was like, oh my God, can my friend come? And so my, one of my best friends that I had just met in London, we became besties immediately. Megan Lalau, I gave her a shout out in the last episode. So Meg and I go to this photo shoot in the middle of Kensington. Yeah. Kensington, Kensington, Kentish, Kentish Hightown. We go to this bar in the Kentish High Town. And as soon as we get there, like we we have like instructions, like a day sheet, like telling us, okay, what to do. We couldn't even believe it. Like we could not believe, like, like we can't believe that we're gonna be on an album cover for James Mark, that James Marcus Haney is photographing. And we found out that day it was for Atlantic Records. So we're like, holy fucking shit. Let's go get some wine. Let's make this so fun. So we get there and needless to say, it was just one of the best days of my entire life. 
of all time ever. We get there, there's probably like 30 other people there or so. And also it's in a fucking abandoned bar. It's an abandoned bar in the middle of Kentish Town, London. So just like imagine that in your head. It's like 5 p.m., like dusk. Meg and I have little bottles of wine that we have been chugging on the train. We get there a little tipsy. There are like 30 people there ready for this party photo shoot. And then all of a sudden we see Marcus Haney. I'm like, holy shit, that's the guy, that's the guy. I'm like, oh my God, like this is all happening. I can't believe this is fucking happening. I can't even believe I emailed him last year. I, I can't believe we got in. So what ends up happening is it was like a fucking four or five hour photo shoot. It was so fun. All like 30 of us ended up, I mean, they had so much fucking alcohol. It was an abandoned bar, but it was like the entire place was stocked for us to drink. And as soon as we get there, uh, Marcus like wrangles us up and he's like, all right, I want you guys to act like wild animals. We're going to destroy this place and get as drunk as possible. And Meg and I look at each other like, what do we just get ourselves into? Let's go. And also, I can't deny that Meg and I were just like known as like, quote unquote, like twins at the time. And so we wore like matching outfits, but there were different colors. I was wearing a striped like black and white shirt or maybe she was. No, striped shirts. One was blue and red. One was black and white. And we were known as the twins. Just just imagine like being at this abandoned bar, a photographer standing on top of the bar, 30 people crouching down right underneath him at the edge of the bar. There are people pouring shots, like just liquor in our mouth. Like it, we're literally like fucking sardines. There's just someone pouring liquor into our mouth, assistance, while Marcus Haney is above us taking, taking gorgeous fucking photos. Like, and he has the most amazing equipment too. So I'm fangirling. Then it's like two hours in and we're fucked. Like we are so drunk. Since we're doing it for the plot, we're doing it for the photo. Like there are just, there are like literally probably 40 bottles, just ran, like, 40 bottles of wine just because so i grab a bottle of wine meg and i both and then other people did this too we start chunking in the bottles of wine i realize how insane this sounds now that i'm saying it we start chunking the bottles of wine at the wall and so since we were allowed to destroy the bar i mean it was fucking destroyed it was disgusting within hours like i mean everyone was so drunk that there were people were like peeing on the like the floor in the bathroom people were passed out all of a sudden like we went from like 5 p.m atlantic contracts to 7 p.m fucking saluted like on the floor going insane doing it for the plot but then right before we're about to leave we do one more shot upstairs and we're in this just i just don't even know where we were okay and also half of my head was shaved because i was in my really lesbian era and with marcus haney so marcus haney and i are like oh my god i can't believe we're even in the same you know i can't believe we actually met across the world thanks for having me and, and meg he's like in a non-creepy way none of this was creepy okay let's go upstairs and let's have one more insane party scene and so we have one more insane party scene upstairs where he puts like 15 of us in this tiny kitchen music going crazy what happens i take my top off of course i take my top off meg takes her top off and if you can imagine a tiny little like square kitchen with like 15 people in there meg and i with our tops off we all have bottles and we're just like throwing the alcohol in there like it is that in the middle of london with a with one of fucking mumford and son and jay-z's photographers so um that's a story i've just wanted to tell for a long time i'm on the cover meg and i are both on the cover of an album called young blood by saint raymond 
And um, St. Raymond and I, none of us knew the artist. Like we actually had no idea when we got there to this photo shoot, we had no idea who the artist was for. Again, like I said, we didn't even know it was for Atlantic Records until the day of, and we're like, what the fuck? This has to be a great artist. And um, yeah, so Meg and I kind of became the two little twins. And I mean, I can't like, I can't deny that we also might've been, <laughs> might've been the life of the party in, in like every single shot ever. I can't wait to share those photos with you guys, honestly. I might need to get his permission, but to share like the additional photos because they're so fucking badass. I'm literally like 19 years old. Megan Lau is like literally spitting champagne in my mouth. I'm naked in this random abandoned London apartment in Kentish Town. That, 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 that's called college. That's called college. And those were just so fucking, those days were so fun. But what I don't think anyone noticed is, okay, so we're all over this album cover. If you look closely and the the striped, like literally on the floor, passed out, like on some stairs, like, but then if you look close enough, if you look close enough, there's a photo of me to the side holding my boobs. I, no, I'm not holding them. One is entirely out. Literally one is like that itty bitty titty is making a perfect little triangle going straight out and for some reason it's not blurred so my literal nipple is across is on a printed album it's on a cd you can barely tell but it's just a little side note it's just a fun fact it's just a fun little fact so yeah you guys should go follow uh, marcus haney james marcus haney the documentary no cameras allowed is not on netflix or it's not anywhere anymore i don't even think you can buy it because it like not that it was illegal, but he, in that documentary, he showed you how to get into music festivals and how to sneak into music festivals. God, uh, those years were so fun. The funnest, in fact. Yeah, so that was just a random fun fact about me. But another random fun fact that I wanted to share um, that's not a random fun fact is that this past week has actually been incredibly difficult in terms of um, standing up for myself and saying no and knowing my value and not letting anyone get in my way or get me down. Because if you listen to the last episode, I was like depressed. I've been depressed like the past month. It's been a hard, really, really, really hard month. Um, but I, I've been feeling good ever since I recorded the last episode around like January 15th or so. Like I said, this is a, this is a no year. It's not a yes year for me. Like this is a year where I get to practice how to say no. And it's not, I have to practice how to say no. It's literally, I get to practice how to say no. And it's just like one of the most adult things I've ever done is standing up for myself and my boundaries because I was certainly a people pleaser before. Like my entire life, I think I've been a people pleaser because I, I don't I don't love confrontation. I did for a second, but that just none of that was really me. Like I feel like your 20s are used for so much trial and error and I'm turning 29 this year and you just really get to decide in your 20s what you like and what you don't like and what you want for your life. You don't have to follow the traditional route and you don't have to follow anyone's rules. And in fact, you can literally be, you can say one day, hey universe, hey friends, hey Instagram, I'm going to be an author. And then the next day you're a goddamn fucking gardener with a black belt in Taiwan. Like you can do that. That's that's the life I'm trying to promote here is just like this. Con- we we live for identity crisis because that means that we can constantly recreate ourselves, right? So since I've recreated myself 
And since I've just like literally taught myself how to be a new human the past year, one of the main notes I had for myself is I desperately want to be someone who just says no. No, no, I don't want to do that. No, no thanks. No thanks. Can't do that today. Mm, No, no, nope. (laughs) Like no is a sentence. And that's this past year, this past month, what I've been trying to remind myself of. And it really does feel like I'm I'm practicing right now. Like I'm going to cheer practice. Like every time I have to say no, it is hard because there are repercussions that come with the no. For example, this past week or two or three in the music industry, I've had some situations where I've already been slighted as fuck and someone just tried to undervalue me. They tried to get a lot more out of me for very little in return for me. And like the old me would have been like, okay, yeah, like I get it. Like they need they need my help. They need my help. I can totally help them. I know I can help them tenfold. And this was like a content exchange. And they literally asked for so fucking much. I could not believe it. This was one of the most, it was one of the most difficult, insane situations I think I've ever been in because of how significant they tried to devalue me. And again, this is a, this is like a good contact. So, I, and I love what these people stand for. I could not believe they were devaluing me and they were undervaluing me. I couldn't, I just couldn't fucking believe it. So I was like, okay, do I take this offer that they offered me, even though it devalues the fuck out of me, takes so much time for me, no time for them in exchange for it. Literally what they like, they wanted me to do so much for so little in return. And I said, no. And I didn't only say no, I said no. And I said no directly to a bigger person. I wouldn't have done that in the past. I wouldn't have said no. And I wouldn't have reached out to like the main contact to say, this is not fucking okay. The way this person talked to me is not okay. And if I'm going to lose my contact, if you're going to come back at me and say, this is my fault in any way, or that I my prices are too high, then this doesn't need to even be a conversation. And that's on you, but I'm going to, stand up for what I believe in here right now and let you know that someone just tried to devalue me after I stated my prices. I could have lost these contacts. Easy. And these contacts are fucking awesome. Honestly, I've worked for them. Like, I I love these people. I love what they do. I love what they stand for. But this one situation could have honestly set my year up for failure. I could have continued to do what I've done in the past, which is over-deliver. Or, or... Yeah, honestly, no, over-deliver. I over-delivered and over-delivered and over-delivered in terms of trade because I didn't know my value so much that I started to under-deliver and not know how to deliver to people. Like that was like last year. It's like I've gone back and forth between over-delivering and under-delivering and over-delivering and under-delivering. And now I'm like, no, fucking none of that. We're not going to over or under. We're going to meet each other fucking eye to eye, face to face and say, this is my value. What do you have to offer in return? Period. Or or they come back and they say, well, this is what we have to offer. I say, no, I can't do that, period, walk away. That's so hard because what they had to offer was still so cool. It was so fucking cool. The old me would have done that in half a second. The old me would have taken the opportunity and run with it because it's experience and opportunity. But I've done that now for 10 to 12 years. I cannot continue to do that. There comes a point, I think, in entrepreneurship, and especially if you're a female in entrepreneurship in any way with any sort of side hustle, like and also any sort of branding side hustle that includes content exchange. Content is king right now. 
it is king. Content is what helps sell everything. So if you're a content creator and someone comes at you and they say, we can offer you this for this much and you're in your heart, you're like, wow, that kind of sucks, but it'd be a cool opportunity. No, you don't need to fear what they're going to say just by you standing up for yourself. So that gets me to the point I wanted to get at today, which is May the bridges I burn light the motherfucking way. And I have a way better story for you that literally I hope if um, you need to practice saying no, I hope this story is the one story that really teaches you that, okay, this is how you succeed. You do say no. Yeses are cool too. But I'm not a golden retriever. I'm a black cat. As much as I want to be a fucking golden retriever, as much as my Gemini son is so golden retriever, I am black cat. Therefore, I prefer to say no than yes. I would rather say no all day than yes. I say yes to me. In December 2019, that was likely the hardest time of my life. One of the hardest times of my life. One of the most, no, actually, yeah. Things were really fucking hard in December 2019. I have tickets to Gaga, Enigma, in Vegas, and I go with my best friend. And um, like I said, just really hard time then. So what I know about the music industry is that there is always a fucking way. There is always a way. There's always a way, even if there's fucking side stage. So we did have tickets to Enigma. We had floor seats. It was amazing. Um... But me being in a weird grief state and also just in a fuck everything state, I need to do this for myself. I'm like, hey, friend, um, while you get ready for the show, I'm going to go and putz around the casino, which this was Gaga Enigma Vegas. So there's a casino right outside the venue. I'm going to go right around the venue and see who has a platinum pass on. And I'm just going to talk to him just good we're just gonna talk i'm just gonna get to know them they're gonna get to know me like you know i'm not trying to meet gaga i've already done that i'm just we're just trying to make some friends because this is the music industry and everything is about connections so i get there i get some food it's a pretty big area honestly the mgm grand casino it's a pretty big area and i'm just walking around walking around okay for about 30 minutes and what you do too is like i said shoulders back chin up chest out fake it motherfucker this is when you're fucking faking it is when you have to walk around the venue and acting like you're the most important motherfucker because you have a mission for yourself and that is basically just to further your life and career and get contacts so shoulders back chin up chest out walked into that fucking casino 30 minutes goes by walking around getting a drink kind of acting you know whatever boom boom my eyes see it not only is it a pass it's a platinum pass this guy is wearing a platinum pass which means he likely has all access which means 100 he's on the gaga enigma team he's on the crew i need to talk to him what am i gonna say <laughs> i haven't gotten this far yet what am i gonna say i keep my eyes on him what does he do he goes to sit at the bar. Boom. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect timing because my little whiskey has just settled. My shoulders are back. My chin is up. My chest is out. I'm wearing head to toe sequins also. I was going to be noticed. What do I do? I go and I sit my happy ass right next to that motherfucking platinum pass and I say, hello, my name is Alexa Ace. What do you do? Now he's like, hello, my name is Tom um i'm with the crew and i was like okay cool i see that 
like that that's when you fake it for real like when when you're sitting in situations where you're talking to people that again you're not trying to get anything out of them you're just trying to be as in the moment for yourself as possible i'm like met gaga a few years ago was amazing i own a music blog i travel a lot work for pandora radio for a second like i've done you know this is just cool to meet you just acting super chill about it i was like yeah i'm just waiting for a friend i think i don't know what i said um needless to say one of the coolest fucking things ever happened out of that situation and that is the fact that we sat there for two hours um before the show there was probably only an hour before the show at that point so we sat there for two hours what i want to say is that that i wasn't going to say that things just keep coming to me um is i had no money i literally had no money i had no fucking idea if the debit card I had, like all the money I had allocated for that trip was allocated. So I knew that me sitting at this bar ordering drinks was not, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I did have credit cards on me and I didn't know if the credit cards had room um, and they didn't, fun fact. So I'm sitting there, we sit there for two hours and towards the end of it, we're drinking, he's drinking. I'm like, can I buy you a drink <laughs> again? Oh God, I hope he leaves before I get the check. Um, can I buy you a drink? He's like, yes. And he orders a really nice whiskey. I don't know what it fucking was, but it was like 40 fucking dollars for like a shot. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. But I sit there, I get something out of it because he starts to tell me he's Lady Gaga's fashion assistant. He's her main assistant, like all around. And it took him like an hour and a half to open up to tell me that. But um, as soon as he did, we just got into it. Like he told me about his career in Belgium, the people that he's worked for, Kylie Minogue, like how he wants to be a fashion designer and stylist and that how that is going to happen. And so me, of course, wanting to be an executive at that point, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to be the next fucking Clive Davis. And he was like, oh, hmm, that's cool. He's like, I actually love that. And I was like, yeah, but the man, the music industry has been tough the last couple of years. I feel like I've had to really stand up for myself. Like the amount of men that have put me down, like God. And um, I don't know what it was that, that made him say this exactly, but I remember very specifically him looking at me, putting his whiskey down that I couldn't afford with a literal gorgeous, like sphere ball of ice. And he looks at me and he puts the whiskey down and he says, may every bridge that you burn light the way and he was like i'm serious that's what gaga tells me and i was like what what do you mean that's what god that's what gaga tells you tell me more he was like may every bridge you burn light the fucking way and i've never heard someone say that before and that seems so villainous i was like oh i love this I love this, but it also seems wrong because I've been taught to be this people pleaser that's nice and I'm a female entrepreneur, so I need to be charismatic and respectful to people and not pick a side on politics and blah, 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 you know what I mean? So I didn't consider like that burning bridges was actually not a bad thing and not to fucking mention this stupid motherfucking guy I was dating at the time. He was just the ultimate people pleaser. So if I did anything that seemed even kind of like vain or <laughs> hashtag villainous, which totally wasn't, burn every fucking bridge that lights the way because then you'll see who's left there standing after you stand up for yourself. Yeah, that moment changed my life. Then, I mean, so what ends up happening, the literal bill for like four drinks was like 120 bucks 
I don't know to this day what happened. My credit card went through, it overdrafted. I don't even know. I don't even know. I did not have the room or the money or the capacity to do that, but I fucking had to do that because that was Lady Gaga's personal assistant stylist that for some reason the universe wanted me to sit with and it ended up being an incredible conversation, got his contact. He's like, gotta go, show's about to start. I'm like, okay, no no problem. This is incredible. I can't believe you just gave me the best advice in my entire life. I can't believe Mother Monster gave you that advice. Now I have that direct advice. I just shared that energy, but that is totally not who I've been taught to be. So let's take this practice and put it into practice. That's really what I wanted to say is that since that moment, I think I've been taught that success does equal burning bridges. And that's not to say that's for everyone. Burning every bridge isn't for everyone because I don't think that you have to know how to not be nice in every career (laughs) or I don't know. It depends on your career path. That's what I think. It depends on your career path because like there are some types of, you know, people that don't need to burn any bridge in any way, shape or form. They need all the support they can get because they're not on a mission. They're just here to live and, and survive and adventure and have fun. Me, on the other hand, I am here to change the fucking world. So that means I need to be a lot fucking stronger and burn every fucking bridge. And it kind of takes me back to like something that Glennon Doyle says. Glennon Doyle is like an incredible self-help um, author and also just, I don't know, spiritual guide. She's another mother. Um, no literal gay mother. Love you, Glennon. She, she says something along the line. She says something along the lines of like, only love is allowed on our island. Only back to love island only love is allowed on our island but for real we only draw the drawbridge down for the people that truly fucking love us we get to decide who we let that drawbridge down for because not everyone is allowed on our island and in fact i think some of those drawbridges were bridges that weren't drawbridges before and i don't know if that makes sense but it's like the people that when you burn a bridge they were never meant to be in your life anyways because the best bridges won't burn. They're fucking iron. The best bridges won't burn. They will support you. The bridges that burn light your way. And it also, I think, kind of means that someone, you shouldn't worry or overthink about like the unnecessary things in life because you don't have control over everything. So you have control over you. If you need to stand up for yourself, if you think that there's a situation that your intuition is like, this is not right, but you're scared of the reaction of the other person or you're scared of the outcome or you're scared of losing the contact, well, they weren't supposed to be a fucking contact for you in the first place, you know, because if they can't meet you face value, if they can't even kind of try to see your perspective or see where you're coming from, then that bridge was meant to fucking burn to get you to where you're meant to be. I think that made the bridges I burn light the way kind of means like, I also think that made the bridges I burn light the way kind of means that he or she knows that there's no going back. Like the fire of the bridge being burned can literally only light the way forward. So once you make that decision, made the bridges I burn light the way, once you make the decision to stand up for yourself, if that bridge catches on fire, that's not your fault. It's lighting the way, baby. So I don't know. I don't know why I felt the need to share that this week or right now. Actually, I do. It's because I've had to literally go through it this week. And and the most significant person that ever told me that was Lady Gaga's stylist, who's now her one of her main stylists. So she's always tagging Tom, Tom Erebout, Tom E-E-R-E-B-O-U-T, I think. He's who I sat with. Have him, I'm not friends with him, so I can't say that. So 
I don't know, you guys. It's been a really weird week of like, like <laughs> I set myself up. I set myself up. And the fact that I was like, no more being dehydrated. No more saying yes. Well, <sighs> I think I'm drinking way too much water all of a sudden. Like, do you know that you're only supposed to have two and a half Stanley cups a day? If we're going to start measuring water in Stanley cups, which we should, you are only supposed to have two and a half a day. I mean, I have the 40 ounce, so you're only supposed to have like like 100 ounces a day of water. And so, I don't know, I saw someone say that like your kidneys are going to start hurting and uh, my kidneys don't hurt, but I just think that I, I'm suddenly not dehydrated. I'm suddenly not saying yes. And it's like, okay, wow, yay. <laughs> the things that we've planned for this year are being put into action and uh, there's just like no more actual faking it oh my god last thing i want to say i went out guys i went out i went out i got out i got out of the house i can't even believe it myself it was amazing i went to a concert i really needed it and it was just a concert that i have a friend who works in the band shout out chase you're fucking amazing and um chase yep yeah, hooked us up with some ticks, went to the show. The show was Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. I always want to say like the 300 unit or like the 900 unit. I don't know why. It's the 400 unit. Actually, it's probably the 600 unit. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Jason Isbell and his band. So good. And uh, that's definitely like country songwriting, but I can't say that I'm not not into that because I am and like also the older I get the more like I want to embrace my home which is weird but it, I just fuck I love being midwestern I love being like a okie I mm -hmm. hold on, hold on, hold on, not that if you knew me five years ago I would literally tell people I'm from Texas because all my family's from Texas so I'm like I'm basically from Texas because they are um but I just like the I like the rebel and the outlawness of the Midwest. The shut the fuck up, you motherfucker. Like the I'm gonna get my boots and shoot your head off. Like in the in the non like aggressive like scary way, but in the scariest way possible. Um, there's no more faking it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when I when I went out this past weekend, it was really 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 awesome. It was really good, really fun. I had so much anxiety because. I don't love getting out of the house. I've been in my like really reclusive era on purpose. At first it was just like out of necessity. And now it's just because I think this is truly who I am. I enjoy being home a lot. I enjoy like tinkering at my house. I enjoy reading and creating and being curious. And I love social things too. But I realized what was so cool is that since I've taken literally years away from people and, and like the social norms of life I it's good and bad that I I feel like I don't have to fake it anymore like in no way shape or form am I trying to continue conversation on with people now that I don't know or don't care about I'm just gonna sit there and listen and be like okay cool and that's what happened like I just didn't I, I don't give a fuck about telling you guys about my life unless you're on my podcast like I don't I don't know but then then the, in some ways that doesn't like suck but again I'm looking at my girl boss book by Sophia Maruso and the old version of me would walk into that room and mingle up like a motherfucker and not work like a motherfucker even if I didn't have the energy if I didn't want to do it because I knew that like I was out I already put the energy into getting dressed getting ready I'm out I need to do this because at that point in my life I needed the connections but it's like now I already have the connections and now just doing what I want just doing what I want it feels really good and I don't feel forced and the like going out didn't take out didn't take away from my social exertion we only went to one bar I barely drank drinking it just doesn't make me happy I just 
doesn't make me happy. Sometimes it does. I want to find a way for drinking to make me happy because I'm not sober. Um, I'm not a sober girly. I will fucking say for the very first time I had a Ken euphoric and I was a lot more happy and I was like, whoa, wait a second. This is like a feeling of bliss, um, but so is white wine in moderation. I hope this past week that if there's anything you do, you say no and you stand up for yourself because this is the year. Like this is the year and it feels so good it feels like like things are changing like the world is brighter like I'm more I feel like a little kid more like I just everything feels better now that I'm learning how to say no and I'm I took so much time away to to like get the toxicity out of my body and out of my brain and it's you know like I said it's still kind of there I still react to some things but I'm reacting probably like literally 65 to 75% less. I feel like I've done so much work in the past year that it's like kind of like clean slated the last five years in some ways and not always, not all the ways. We, We still have a lot of trauma to uncover. But anyways, I love you guys. I love you guys. Stand up for yourself. Send the email. Don't be afraid to ask for something. There's always a fucking way in the music industry. If you want tickets to something, ask for tickets to something (laughs) and then offer what you can give in response. If you, if you want an opportunity, fucking tell them why you're worth the opportunity. Like everything starts with an email. Oh, wait, even James Marcus Haney. Everything starts with an email. That opportunity started with an email or, of course, by confidence, by by shoulders back, chin up, chest out, fucking faking it, walking your ass all the way around that casino five different times until you see the platinum badge and you're like, that's my person. I don't know, guys. Things feel good. This is the first time that like I want to say if you're doing the work right now or if you've started to do the healing work, it doesn't take six months. It doesn't take a year. It doesn't take a month, a day. This shit takes years. And I started doing the self-help work in January 2021, really like like February 2020, but things I don't even know what happened that year. It was just so tumultuous. So I want to say I started doing the self-help work in January 2021. And so it's probably taken me about three years, truly, to get to a spot where I'm like, oh my God, I love myself. Oh my God, these are my thoughts. Oh my God. I can hear my intuition. Oh my God, I feel like my third eye is open. Oh my God, God, is that you? Oh my God, things are balanced. Oh my God, like once you do the work, it does start like you get the rewards. So that's where I am. I hope you guys have had a great week yourselves. Um, Please don't forget to rate and review this. That just means so much to me or just to rate it. Like rating it means so much to me too. I want to get a really slow start with this podcast. Like I'm purposely trying to not promote it so that whoever's listening right now which I just want to say like we have a good little community honestly going on right now whoever is listening to this right now um which does seem to be mostly women I just really appreciate you and I would love to hear from you I do have a form spot on my website submit or something like that alexaace.com yeah so that's what I have to say this week which I don't even know what I fucking said every time I get on here I black out it's a it's a real 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 thing oh I will say oh my fucking god I saw that Hannah Burner I guess I'm gonna end this episode with Hannah Burner too because I'm just in love with her Hannah Burner I love you um she's gonna be on Tana Mojo's podcast this week so it's just like all the podcast girlies are suddenly starting to be like like yeah they're out there they're fucking out and about and ready to go 
and so am I. But like I said, slow roll. We're slow rolling this because it's really fucking personal and I don't need the, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. One time I smoked weed with Gary Clark Jr. and he follows me and it's just like people like that that I'm like scared to continuously like promote me shitting my pants in front of people like that but then again it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if I continue to be myself the right people will be there and the right people will be right by my side and show up and if and if they want to unfollow me they can unfollow me but um I think that's something I've been weirdly like scared of in so many ways since I'm like also just trying to figure out how to post again after years um something I've been listening to this week a lot is of course Giggly Squad we know I'm literally their biggest fan like um hannah and Paige. i'm so sorry i didn't say page page last um episode page sorbo she's so amazing too but i've been listening to this song on fucking repeat called little girl gone by chinchilla in all caps it's aggressive but it's fun it's like really aggressive actually so go listen to it in fact if we want to continue to talk about aggressive music i've also recently gotten into this um japanese not baby metal but like it's like literal metal and they're called hanabi 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 a or something like that yeah they're so cool and whatever all right i love you guys um message me i'll probably message you back next year okay bye